When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Woke up this morning into my car to start my day. First stop is my buyer, who six months ago walked away. When I arrive, he treats me like a commodity. Give me a speck on his inner connect, he wants price and delivery. And if we're over $20, he tells me this business we're gonna lose. He's got a singing that old, don't know value. Welcome, everybody, to the Value Clarity Podcast, where we talk about all things value. I am your host, Mark Roundy, and today I don't have a guest. I wanted to talk with you from the heart and hopefully invite, I'm, I'm going to say some things that I hope are thought-provoking and ask you to comment on them, get back to me, put them in the comments uh, on whatever medium you see this post and LinkedIn or whatever, or reach out to me directly and give me your thoughts on what I'm uh talking about today. In all of the podcast episodes that we have, which is 175 podcasts, we've talked to people who specialized in one area of a business about how they contribute to corporate value, how they add value. Uh, some of the people have been corporate leaders and trying to talk about how they inspire everybody in their company to talk about value. I have a confession. Uh, in my corporate gigs, my corporate consulting gigs personally, most of them have ended up being, a, and the bigger the company I work with, the more those engagements focus around sales training or selling value to the point where you can price to value. And so we add in a little bit of value pricing and what is value pricing. And as fun as those engagements are, they leave me wanting more as a consultant, as a person, as a leader, um, and as a thought leader, because what I believe, and if you've written my, written my, or read my book, uh, Radical Value, what you understand is that I think that everybody in the company should know how their role, their job, connects to delivering a superior customer outcome because value is the desirability of the outcomes a customer achieves when they do business with you. And so I'm not really engaging with marketers. I'm not really engaging with product managers. I'm not engaging with finance people to talk about pricing and discounting uh, systems and pricing exception systems. And I've worked in a company where value interwove everything and value was kind of the cross-functional, um, between functions, between specialties, between, si you know, the, the silo breaker downer was understanding customer value and collaboratively trying to understand it, price it, produce it, produce more value. And the company I learned that at, uh, W.L. Gore and Associates, was 
excellent at that. And that was like the first big boy job I had. And they taught me the value of coordinating that value focus across everybody in the organization. Now, Gore is famous for not having silos, not having an org chart, um, and being a de-siloed organization. And I went from Gore to the ultimate highly siloed, highly dysfunctional and um, departmentalized, compartmentalized company, a Lucent Technology, uh, a phone company, which is a former uh, Bell company, monop you know, regulated monopoly. And so in the, the transition from that one to the other, I was able to see the dysfunction that highly structured, highly compartmented, highly siloed organizations add and added or took away from that unified focus on the customer, their outcomes, and the value we delivered. And the difference between those two has been a real challenge for me lately. I really enjoy working with you know the small number of clients who tend to be smaller companies who really want to drive value through every aspect of their company and every aspect of their operations. And in seeing how Gore grew, how Gore profited, how Gore improved, um, I am convinced that the value-focused organization outperforms the standard siloed, functionalized, formalized organization that I learned about in business school. And I want to try to change my practice to getting more companies to buy into that more holistic company idea rather than to be better about having their sales silo sell value. As valuable, as productive as helping sales teams sell value is, how imp as important as that is, and as accretive and as, as a significant contributor to improvement as that is, I think it's more interesting for me to be able to help a company really shine, really develop, and really break down silos and have corporate leaders rise to the challenge of something that is infinitely more effective, infinitely more promising. And it's a simple idea, but for the, the bigger the company you have, the harder it is to implement. I would love to get your feedback on, is this a good idea? Mark, are you tilting at windmills? Mark, no, it'll never work. You know, the, uh, one of my, the big companies, I actually had somebody who you know, was instrumental in getting me hired at this company tell me that he was talking to a director, and you know, I've, I've heard this one myself. This director told him flat out, I didn't get to be at this company 20 years by sticking my neck out. That kind of idea, that kind of principle, that kind of ethos is out there, but it's super dysfunctional. And the company that has people in it that think that almost have no chance of making the kind of changes that I want. And it's not the fault of those people. Those people have been there 20 years learning that the corporation values that risk aversion. The corporation values that highly sub, um, 
siloed, highly departmentalized thought process that produces the idea. Um, it's the company that makes that person correct when they say, I didn't get here 20 years by sticking my neck out. It's not the person who said it. He's the product of his environment. And the problem is the environment, not that person. So I don't want to call out somebody who says that. I want to call out the leader who allows that person to say that. And the leader, even more important, I want to call out the leader that allows that to be true in an organization. Uh, would love to get your thoughts on this. Uh, I'm going to keep this podcast short and to the point. Um, but I would love to get your feedback, your thoughts on this. Uh, I don't want this to be me monologuing on this issue. I would like to have this be an eight or nine minute kickoff or springboard to a much more important conversation with you. Uh, thanks for listening. And thanks for joining us on the Value Clarity Podcast, where we believe that the most interesting parts of your entire business happen before the first line of your income statement. That is, while the customer is thinking about buying, the interesting, most complex part of your business happens before the revenue line even gets started. Your, biz your company's financial statements are BS because they don't start measuring until the really important stuff has already happened. Thanks and uh, have a great day. Well, it ain't easy because value's in your buyer's brain. If you're selling on only your features, you're going to drive both of you insane. And if you ignore your customers' outcomes, you're bound to be paying your dues because you'll be singing those old don't know value This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.